0: A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you've joined us on the program today. We're going to be talking about constitutional carry yet again because this is a critical week for constitutional carry all around the country. Uh, We are looking at Indiana where uh, reports are that the state senate could take up constitutional carry language as earlier as today, uh, with the house slated to follow later this week. Uh, in Georgia, constitutional carry looks like it's still making progress. In uh, Alabama, there's a little concern. We got a piece at Bearing Arms this morning about a house sponsor of uh, constitutional carry is not happy with the amendments that were tacked on by the state senate in Alabama. So there are still some negotiations. Taking place in Alabama regarding the constitutional carry language. There are 11 working days left in the legislative session. So we're getting down to crunch time in Alabama, but I think they still got time to get it done. Uh, Meanwhile, in Ohio, you know, the uh, House and the Senate have both approved constitutional carry language. Now it is up to uh, Governor Mike DeWine as to whether or not he's going to sign it. And opponents of constitutional carry still speaking out, uh, including the uh, local alt-weekly in Columbus, Ohio, Columbus Alive, where uh, columnist Craig Calcaterra says that permitless carry would bring Ohio more death. He says researchers have found that states with permitless carry laws have experienced an 11% increase in handgun homicide rates after enactment, which I got to tell you, it's hard to keep track of all of the junk studies (laughs) that come out uh on the part of uh anti gut activists but uh, I, I have to say i i don't I, I don't buy this this was uh from august of 2017 uh this was from the american journal of public health uh the objectives of this study were to quote examine the relation of shall issue laws may issue laws uh and homicide rates so they didn't even look at constitutional carry in this study, and yet the columnist here uh, lying. Let me give you the headline again: Researchers have found that states with the permitless carry laws have experienced an 11 percent increase in handgun homicide rates after enactment. Now, n- note, note again that this study took a look at the difference between may issue and shall issue laws, and what this study uh, purported to find is that, uh, well, gosh, homicide rates went up. Uh, after uh, these uh, shall-issue laws went into place. In fact, here's what Calcaterra says. Now, i got to go back and read this study, because maybe this study, although the objectives didn't talk about constitutional carry, maybe they included some language in there. i I got to go do some digging, I guess, because he says, quote, uh, if the plight of police is not high on your list of priorities, know that public health researchers have found that states with permitless carry laws have experienced an 11% increase in handgun homicide rates after their enactment. This comes on top of the 14% higher rate of violent crime that followed the adoption of concealed carry permitting laws similar to the one Ohio currently has in place. And he says, as it stands, gun deaths in Ohio increased by 66% between 2007 and 2021. Between the, quote, stand your ground law, Ohio adopted midway through last year and this new law, those numbers are almost certain to get worse. Now, focus on those numbers for a second. The 11% increase that allegedly occurred in handgun homicide rates after constitutional carry laws were enacted in various states. That is a lower crime increase than what Calcaterra says took place after states went from uh, may issue to shall issue laws. Which I have to say confuses the heck out of me, given that we just saw numbers out of Minnesota, for example. They've got a record high number of concealed carry licensees. And according to the Minnesota Bureau of Investigation, about 1% of all of the active licenses were revoked for any reason whatsoever last year. And of the 1% of the licenses that were revoked, about 1% of those licenses were revoked because of a gun-related crime or the allegations that a permit holder committed a crime in which a firearm was used. So the idea that, you know, again, less than... 1% 1% of 1% of uh, uh, concealed carry holders committed a violent crime in a given year is going to lead to a 14% increase in violence. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't add up. But again, most of what the gun control activists peddle these days just doesn't add up. Calcaterra says on the one side, then there's data. Data that those advocating for the elimination of any and all gun safety laws have long since stopped even attempting to refute because they realize that, A, they can't, and B, they don't have to refute it because gerrymandering has caused most representatives to be immune from electoral consequences for basically anything they do. On the other side, he says there's passion, albeit a passion that is outsourced to the lobbyist class, um, which, by the way, I think is Calcaterra's way of saying that there's really no grassroots opposition to constitutional caring, Right. Uh, there's passion, albeit a passion that is outsourced to the lobbyist class. So you got the the paid professional gun control activists, they're upset about constitutional carry, but most of the people really don't give a damn. I I would say most opponents, let's put it that way, most opponents of constitutional carry are not hard opponents of constitutional carry. Uh, We saw this in Texas, for instance, where public opinion polls showed that public support for constitutional carry before the law was put into place in September of last year, It was less than 50%, somewhere between 35-40% of Texans said, yes, I support this. So the law takes effect. If this was really unpopular, one would expect that uh, Governor Greg Abbott uh, may be facing some electoral headwinds as a result of his embrace of constitutional carry, particularly given that he's running against gun ban veto. Mr. Hell yes, I'm coming for your AR-15s. I mean, you cannot ask for a clearer dichotomy of someone who, let's say, is going to go too far in terms of protecting your Second Amendment rights and somebody who's going to go too far in terms of taking your guns away. Now, the election is not till November. We'll see what happens. But at the moment, despite the supposed unpopularity of constitutional carry, Greg Abbott is clobbering Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke in polling leading by double digits in the gubernatorial race. So when Texans have the opportunity, as they do right now, to choose between constitutional carry and Mr. Hell, yes, I'm coming for your guns. It's not even close. They're siding with the guy who gave them constitutional carry. Uh, as for Calcaterra's uh, uh, argument that uh, people don't, uh, you're not trying to refute these arguments. Well, um Hello. I'm not sure what you're talking about, Uh, but let's talk a little bit more about the objections from law enforcement. Uh, Calcaterra mentioned it. CNN had a big piece the other day focusing exclusively on the objections by law enforcement around the country to constitutional carry provisions, including uh, in Nebraska, where we do have a constitutional carry bill. Uh, I have said it's kind of difficult to see where it's if it's actually making legitimate progress because the unicameral legislature kind of makes it hard to to, to know where things are, but it is still getting co-sponsors. So I I don't think that it's I think it's too early to write off Nebraska in terms of passing constitutional carry this year. They're not as far along in the process as states like Ohio and Alabama, Indiana and Georgia, but the bill is still uh, a viable bill uh, in the Cornhusker state. Much to the chagrin of uh, folks like uh, Teresa Ewins, who's the police chief in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, She says the legislation, quote, raises significant questions. Is this going to make concealed carry holders uh, more emboldened to act themselves when they see a crime? Or will they call 911 and let the police do their job? How will officers differentiate between a criminal with a gun and a concealed carrier? She says, as a police officer, you're putting the pieces together as you get on the scene and you only have seconds to make a decision. Officers responding to an active shooter scenario are forced to make split-second decisions to stop the imminent threat to public safety. But a bystander on the scene who's carrying a weapon only complicates the encounter, U.N. says. Which sounds to me like an argument against shall issue concealed carry. Sounds to me like that's an argument against may issue concealed carry. Sounds to me like that's an argument against concealed carry. And not a good one either, by the way. Not an argument against constitutional carry. And again, we've heard this for years. Every time there is an expansion of our right to carry, what do we hear? Uh, It's going to be impossible for law enforcement to know who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. And you know what? In some cases, they might actually be right. You might recall that case out of uh, Colorado last year where an armed citizen uh, saw an active shooter, uh, responded to that active shooter, actually uh, shot the active shooter, if I'm recalling correctly, and was then shot and killed by police. I'm not saying it can't happen, but it is extraordinarily rare, uh, particularly given the number of defensive gun uses that we see around the country. Somewhere between 200,000 and 2 million, depending on what study you want to look at, I think it is fair to say around a million defensive gun uses each and every year, the vast majority of which the trigger has never even pulled because the presence of the fire in the hands of the armed citizen is enough to prevent the crime from escalating any further. So, yeah, nobody's I, I look, maybe there are people out there. I have never said that owning a gun uh, makes you immune from harm. That if you're a legal gun owner and you're lawfully carrying a firearm, that you never have to worry about being the victim of a violent crime, or that you never have to worry about police mistaking you for a criminal and shooting you. What I will say is that those are extraordinarily rare circumstances, and they should not be—I I, I don't think they rise—that argument rises uh, to the level of saying, well, no, let's just get rid of the right to bear arms entirely, or let's get rid of constitutional carry, or let's get rid of shall you concealed carry. And I would note as well, we have 21 states around the country that are, in fact, constitutional carry states. We have 42 states that are shall issue. There is some overlap. Every one of those constitutional carry states also has, with the exception of Vermont, all have shall issue concealed carry licensing systems in place. So even in a constitutional carry state, if you want your license, you can get it. And not one single state has ever repealed. It shall issue carry law and gone back to May issue. Not one state has ever repealed its constitutional carry law and gone back to shall issue only. It hasn't happened. Since Florida adopted shall issue right to carry laws back in the 1980s, the right to carry revolution has really moved in one direction and one direction only, and that is towards full recognition of our right to bear arms. So the objections of police. I think, are largely overblown. And once these laws are put on the books, we see that. Whether it's, you know, I, again, I, I remember I've been covering this long enough to have heard these objections when it comes to Wisconsin adopting shall issue concealed carry or Illinois adopting shall issue uh, concealed carry uh, thanks to a, you know, a, a lawsuit. I've heard it when it comes to campus carry. In Texas, in Kansas. Oh, you you, you know, we, if we allow these college students to scare, there's going to be gunfights in classrooms. People are going to be so upset over what they hear, they're just going to whip out their gun. Or, again, if there's an active shooter on a college campus, police respond. We're not going to know who the good guy is, who the bad guy is. Again, we've heard these arguments for years. And they're scare tactics. That is not the uh, experience. Once you put a, constitutional carry law in place if that really was what happened if it really did turn into anarchy and chaos you would think at least one of these states would have gone back and said hey uh you know what we really support the second amendment but uh yeah this has been a disaster so uh so we love you gun owners but uh we're going to go back to a shall issue system again Not one state has ever done that. In fact, even in Vermont, which, yes, has a Republican governor, but has a Democrat-majority legislature that is able to pass gun control laws, even Democrats in Vermont aren't trying to get rid of permitless carry. They're not trying to put in place a shall-issue system or a may-issue system for Vermont. Maybe the gun control advocates uh, around the country should ask Vermont Democrats why they're not willing or ready To take that step. In the meantime, if you are a constitutional carry supporter in any of these states I mentioned, Ohio, Alabama, Georgia, Indiana, and Nebraska as well, I would strongly encourage you to uh, contact your lawmakers. Let them know what you think about constitutional carry, show your support, and uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we will go from 21 states that recognize your right to carry without a government issued permission slip. To at least 25, I would love to have half of the country have adopted constitutional carry by the time the Supreme Court issues its decision in the uh, New York carry case, dealing with New York's may-issue carry laws, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, which uh, we should get that decision late May, early June. All right, now let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day. Our cinemast report will start there from the gun control friendly state of Colorado, which is seen its violent crime rate only increase since it uh, put its MAG ban in place, its universal background check laws in place back in 2013. Every year since, violent crime has increased in the state of Colorado, even as Democrats continue to put more gun control laws on the books. Why, it's almost like gun control laws aimed at legal gun owners don't impact people who illegally possess firearms, like a man on probation, who's now suspected of shooting at several people in Pueblo, Colorado. Police are now asking for uh, any potential victims to come forward and uh, let them know uh, uh, about uh, any information that uh, they might have. This was a Saturday morning, just uh, before 1 o'clock in the morning, along B Street in uh, Pueblo, Colorado. According to authorities, uh, there was a fight among several people when shots were fired. Investigators believe the person who pulled the trigger was 18-year-old Zachariah Pino. Someone who is, uh, A, not legally old enough to uh, carry a handgun in Colorado, and uh, B, someone who is already on probation for a second-degree assault case. Uh, Pino also, by the way, has a restraining order that makes it extra illegal for him to possess a firearm. It also makes it illegal for him to consume alcohol. He is currently facing charges of reckless endangerment, uh, a violation of that restraining order, permitted use of a weapon, unlawful carrying of a concealed weapon, as well as illegal consumption of alcohol. Uh, Thankfully, nobody was hit when the shots were fired. It's also unclear, I guess, second-degree assault is a misdemeanor offense in Pueblo or in uh, Colorado because Pino is not being charged with being a felon in possession of a firearm. But uh, again, plenty of gun control laws on the books, and uh, none of them... Effective at preventing uh, young Mr. Pino there from illegally obtaining a firearm and allegedly using it in the commission of a violent crime. Today's Armed Citizen story from the Lone Star State of Texas, where a a woman able to fend off a burglar from uh, inside her home. This was Friday night in Harrison County, Texas. Officials uh, got a call about an incident on uh, Juanita Road in Longview. Uh, the uh, sheriff of Harrison County said so when deputies arrived, they found 30-year-old Matthew Dillon George injured from a single gunshot wound. According to officials, George had forced himself into the home uh, while the uh, female homeowner was present. Uh, she gave George a verbal warning to leave. According to officials, he refused. They say concerned and fearful about her safety, the homeowner fired a shot, which struck George. He was uh, transferred to a uh, local hospital, then transferred to a hospital in uh, Tyler, Texas. Looks like he is going to recover from his injuries. Uh, George is currently awaiting extradition from the Smith County Jail back to uh, Harrison County. Uh, The uh, sheriff there in uh, Harrison County, Sheriff Fletcher, says, quote, The entire incident is an excellent example of the importance of our Second Amendment. I'm thankful that the homeowner was unharmed, but I'm also thankful that the suspect in this episode will now face his consequences through the judicial system. It could have ended a lot worse. Indeed, and I'm glad that uh, homeowner is safe and sound, glad that the uh, would-be burglar is going to be facing the uh, justice system. I just hope that it doesn't result in a plea bargain and slap on the wrist, because we all know how often that happens. Finally today, our good deed of the day from uh, Pennsylvania, Lancaster County, where police officers in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to help a woman deliver a baby on Tuesday morning old Township Police Officers Craig Johnson and Josh Mertz were uh, on the clock around 4 a.m. today when they were dispatched to a home in a West Earl Township for a report of a woman in labor. Uh, when they arrived, they found a 23-year-old, Madison Gadsden, in her home. She was waiting for an ambulance to get there to uh, take her to the hospital. Uh, she was already having contractions. And before paramedics arrived, uh, the baby started to crown. So Craig Johnson, who is a certified EMT as well as a police officer, uh quickly took the lead, supported the baby's head, assisted Madison Gadsden with the delivery, and uh baby Josiah Gadsden came into this world at 4:23 a.m. Johnson used a, an aspirator to clear the baby's airways, cut the umbilical cord, wrapped him in towels to keep him warm, uh monitored both little Josiah uh and his mom until EMS arrived, which was about 3 minutes by the way, after uh, after birth. Madison and her child transported to a local hospital. They are uh, both reportedly doing great. The uh, police department there in West Earl Township said they want to congratulate the Gaston family on their new addition and uh, hope for good health and fortune. So uh, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, to help welcome uh, young Josiah into the world. We thank these uh, officers from uh, West Earl Township, Officer Craig Johnson and Josh Mertz for your very good deed that is going to do it for this edition of bearing arms cam and company want to thank you for being a part of the program as always again if you are in a constitutional carry state or let's say a state in which constitutional carry is currently up for debate please use your voice use your first amendment rights to support your second amendment rights let your lawmakers hear from you be polite be civil but uh Mm, don't be vague (laughs) let them know exactly where you stand that you want to see constitutional carry become the law of the land where you live uh i am praying that one day and not too far from now we get to do this in the commonwealth of virginia we got to take care of the state senate first but uh, we do that i'm feeling pretty good about uh, the opportunity for virginia to maybe become the 26th constitutional carry state all right we will talk with you again tomorrow uh don't forget to check out buryingarms.com throughout the day for even more of the second amendment news and information that you need to know about there is a lot going on right now in state legislatures around the country and uh, we are going to keep you caught up to date on all of the uh, bills that are making progress both good and bad there at the website, if you like what you see, you can also become a VIP subscriber. Just go to bearingarmscom slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thank you for your support for our pro-Second Amendment independent journalism, we're going to give you exclusive news stories, commentary, analysis you won't find anywhere else because your support really does make a difference, and it does matter. So again, thank you very much. We'll talk again tomorrow, but until then, be well, be safe, and be free.